0: Lord God, uh, yeah, we pray that um, yeah, you just uh, give us thankful hearts, Lord God, that uh, that you would just open us, open our eyes, Lord, to um, just the grace that you give us, Lord God, uh, every day, and um, yeah, I pray that we would just be able to lift these offerings up to you, Lord God. Uh, just with joyful hearts, Lord, and that um, just before Your glory, Lord God, that Your kingdom would um, just grow, Lord God, and that uh, and the more people would just uh, come to glorify Your name, Lord, and praise Your name. Seal, seal it. it for. okay good morning if you have your program I'd like to invite you to open it up and I think um, you'll find a blue and white connection card and uh, we uh, invite you to fill that out and especially if this is your first second time we'd really appreciate uh, your name and some information and uh, we just like to, to welcome you and there's opportunity in the back to ask questions or to mark something and and I'll do my best to get to you. Sometimes I just fall short on that, and I know that uh, with Pastor Cory out here, I'm doing a little bit extra things. And sometimes I don't, I, I don't follow up as fast as I'd like to. So forgive me if you ask a question or you ask to be called, and I, and I don't uh, get you right away. Some things just to highlight when you look at that um, today. This evening, I noticed that 4 o'clock today is their College Young Adults Worship Night. Now, uh, just because it's College Young Adult doesn't mean that if you're older than College and Young Adult, you, can't you come? Sure, you can. So everyone's welcome. There's a worship night tonight at 4 o'clock here in the sanctuary. That? Okay. Amen. Okay. So keep that in mind and you can read the other announcements. We have meetings coming up. Uh, workshops. When you see something in the in in the bulletin, and you say, "Gee, that's that's kind of interesting," don't hesitate to, to attend that meeting, even if you're not, you haven't been involved, or you're not presently doing that. But it's a time which you can come and sit and just ask questions, hear what we do, hear what that that type of ministry is about. Okay. So when you see a meeting like that, if you, if it's kind of the Lord just kind of touches your heart about it, just show up at the meeting, and and it's a time of information and time to find out about it, okay? You know, um, I really appreciate Susan leading us in prayer for our missionaries. Know that the kings uh, are going to be in our church next month. They'll be speaking here. They're leaving Turkey. They'll be coming here. Uh, uh, They got their visa, and so they'll be speaking here in the church next month, and hopefully they'll, they'll... give us kind of a first-hand account of what's going on over there in the Middle East, and and especially in their area in regards to the gospel going out and, and just how the resistance is against the Lord's work there. Okay, so you don't want to miss that. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open up with me to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to just read a few verses. Luke chapter 1. You know, we never get into Luke chapter 1 and 2 unless it's Christmas time. But we're going to get into it today. Luke chapter 1, start with verse 30. I'm going to read verses 30 to 33. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Let's pray. Father, as we continue our, st- our study in different characters of your word, we pray Father that you will bring that character to life this morning. That that character will come to life in our minds and our hearts. We'll be able to understand Father, uh, how you worked in that person's life. And understand, Father, that you work in all our lives in ways that, you, that, that are marvelous and, and miraculous. And, Father, many times it takes us to just say, yes, Lord. So bless this time. Speak to us. Teach us your message. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this has been such a disappointing winter. I mean, where is all the rain? Where is that little kid El Nino that was supposed to run havoc and just run wild all over California? supposed to be flooding. We're supposed to be overflowing. Swimming pools are supposed to be splashing out, and reservoirs overflowing, just, just giving water everywhere and just spreading blessing all over Southern California. I filled 20 sandbags in preparation for this guy. He never showed up. Isn't that just a, ah, so disappointing? But when you think of the picture of water overflowing and, and, and blessing and, and just, 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 just touching the lives of the people around it, isn't that a neat picture? But when it came to rain, it didn't happen. But the same picture of overflowing blessing is what God desires to see in us. That sounds kind of weird, but think of yourself as that reservoir of faith that overflows. And from your life, from your life, people are touched. People are are encouraged. People are built up because of the overflow out of your life. Today we want to continue in this series uh, where we talk about from, from zero to hero. And we're going to examine the life of Mary. Now, Mary, Now, I, when someone asked me, Who are we are going to study Sunday? and I said, Mary. They said, which Mary? The Mary that, that we, we, we only think about at Christmas. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so we're going to talk about her today. And she was just a young virgin gal, and she was caught completely off guard by God when he came to her through an angel and said, Mary, you are going to give birth to the Messiah to the Son of God. A teenager who, in her obedience, she found encouragement along the way by God's people, people whose lives just overflowed into hers. Now, we've we got to think about this in context a little bit. You know, when I talk about these characters, it's kind of interesting, it's kind of challenging for us to kind of understand what was the climate in that time, culturally as well as spiritually. And you know, in some ways, when we think of the Middle East, even today, a female's place in some areas of the Middle East really hasn't changed that much. You know, during Jesus' time, fathers could offer their children as a bond to pay for a debt. Think about that. Someone owes you money, hey, come on, take my take my five-year-old kid. He can at least, you know, wash your porch every day. You know, whatever it might be, he could, he could offer his kid up to pay back a debt. A father had the, had, the, had the right to sell his children as a concubine. Incredible to sell their daughters as a concubine. I have three daughters. Man, we not have to worry about Social Security. You know, th- these fathers had these incredible privilege. And, and 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 the most common one is these fathers had that, that right to to give their daughter off a marriage, to, to pick the their future husband, and from that future husband, the father would receive money, would receive a dowry of 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 gifts and, 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 and treasure. That's the situation that Mary grew up in. And tradition tells us that she was just a teen. She was just a a teenager, and and Joseph, her future husband, was a much older guy. But even though Mary was a teen, and and teens back in those days had to grow up faster than maybe teens today, because teens today just live a different life than teens then, but realize that culturally, when you were a a girl in a household, many times you, you you stayed inside all the time. You were just cleaning the house, you were doing cooking, you were doing all that labor inside the house. And your world was very small. Mary's world was probably very sheltered and very small. Then one day, man, everything changed. Let's look at verses 31 and 35 of Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at the the influence of Mary's cousin had on her, her cousin Elizabeth. Look at verse 31, and let me read 31 to 35. You will be a child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great the Son of God. You know, when we read the Bible, and you read about some, this, you know, don't underestimate how incredibly shocking and how incredibly supernatural this experience is. I mean, think about it. How would you react to this when you were, let's say, 17, 16, 17 years old? Okay? Okay? But when we think of people groups, of all people groups, especially us of the Bible, and studying the Bible, we think that Jews of all the people groups would, be, would not be really surprised by some supernatural appearance of God. But understand that 400 years prior to this day, there was no communication from God. 400 years prior to this moment, God was silent. 400 years, people. How old is this country? 400 years, There is no angelic visit by God. For 400 years, no prophecies from God. 400 years, no miracles from God. 400 years, God was nowhere to be found by the Israelites. Then suddenly, boom, this happens. How did Mary react? Look at verse 38. I, I can't imagine there had to be more than this, but this is what the, the, the word says. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. You know, and this starts something in her life. A lot of times we forget this, but when, when we think about God inviting you to do something for him, when God gives you good direction on what you're supposed to do. And you, and you really have a peace in your heart. This is from God. Remember, obedience proceeds blessing. In other words, expect to see God working in your life when you start taking that step. And, and Mary took that step. When we, th- when we read in Exodus, everyone knows the story about Moses and you know, the, 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 all the plagues and the sp- splitting of the Red Sea. Well, there's a, there's a, ch- a text in there where Moses was just, just terrified to go before Pharaoh and represent God. And God came to Moses and said this, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that I have sent you. In other words, I'm going to be with you, and you're going to know I'm going to be with you. I'm not even going to tell you now I'm going to be with you, but I'm going to show you things, and you're going to know because I'm with you, this is from me. And that's powerful. And we know that when God is with someone and works in someone's life, it shows up in a just countless different ways. It's not just one way. It shows up in a whole bunch of ways. Look at all the ways it showed up with Moses. Plagues and seas parting and, and soldiers getting slain and all these crazy things. Well, that's the course that Mary was on because obedience proceeds blessing. Well, let's go on. Look at, at the same chapter, chapter Luke, uh, Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried down to town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Look at verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. That's pretty incredible. I got a cousin. If I walked into her house and she said that to me, that would blow me away. Think about it. That's from the Lord. That is God giving Mary that incredible encouragement that incredible confirmation to her supernaturally you know elizabeth you know if you read if you know the story elizabeth was six months pregnant and she was an older older woman and she shouldn't have been pregnant but she was because the lord had a plan for her too and she was pregnant and her child was who john the baptist right and so she walks into the presence of Mary. she had absolutely zero idea what was going on in Mary's life, and God just filled her with the right words as the Holy Spirit filled her and gave her those words of confirmation, those words of encouragement, those words that said, "Mary, this is all really good. This is good." You know, we need encouragement, don't we? Think about your life. Think about the things that you have dealt with and the things you might be dealing with right now. Think about the things that are coming down the road that you know they're coming. See, we all need encouragement. We all need those those words right at the right time, those things that happen in our life right at the right time that kind of help us in those times of stress, those times of change, those times of maybe indecision. See that's how God is working in Mary's life, you know. I remember when I first came to this church. I was in Brazil for roughly, you know, 14 years, and and here I come to this church as pastor. And it was kind of it was kind of challenging, to say the least. I mean, here was a new church, uh, in, a, in a different culture. Even though I grew up here, it's, it, it, I had I lost trackle what's going on in Christianity, Southern California. You know, and and it was, and I just felt really kind of semi-lost. And attending this church was a pastor who was had been crippled basically since his teen years, but he is a retired agent when I met him. And and he was attending here as Pastor Art. And Pastor Art, he he said, hey Rick, how's it going? And I say, hey, Art, this is how, what's going on. That's what I'm thinking. And he just looked at me, and he just smiled, and he says, you're doing good. That's all he said. He just said, you're doing good. I said, oh, my goodness, that felt so good. I, oh, it was like, oh, thank you. You know, thank you, Lord. You know, I, 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 you just, sometimes you just don't know. There are times I walk out of the service on Sunday morning. My wife, who's with the kids, she'll come up to me and say, "Hey, how'd it go today?" I said, "I have no clue." You know, that's how it is sometimes. And sometimes you just need that word to help clarify what's going on in your life, the way maybe other people see it, it may, maybe the way the Lord wants to encourage you and to keep moving on, keep moving forward. I remember in my first church in Brazil. My Portuguese was so lousy. I spoke like a I spoke like a kindergarten kid. It was so lousy and yet here I'm as a pastor in this church, you know my vocabulary I'm just working like crazy trying to increase my vocabulary I'm writing two 40 minute messages a Sunday because we had a morning service and an evening service. same people it had to be different, and I was just so just feeling so insecure and I was working with this, this Brazilian uh, fellow who, who was in the church, and he was supposed to help me because this was my first ministry. His name was Bridgidu. He was an attorney. He's a judge now. He's a circuit. He's a, a, a state judge right now. And so I said, Bridgidu, man, I am just mutilating your language. And I don't know if the, the congregation is understanding what I'm saying all the time. And he just looked at me and he smiled. He said, Man, he said you are, you got the language of God. I said, what do you mean? He said, your language may not be strong, but you're seeing the right things at the right time. And oh, that was like music. That was like music. You know, we need that. We need to have that that lift In our life. Now think about you. Maybe it's your health situation. Maybe it's relationships that you're struggling with on something. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your school. Maybe it's your crossroads in life. You need that encouragement. You need that person, those people to say something, to do something, to keep you moving forward. See, that is part of the family of God. That is part of this overflowing idea that you are a reservoir of faith and God wants you to overflow into other people's lives. Not just to sit here on Sunday, to overflow. See, we can be that reservoir of faith for others and speak those words of encouragement right into their hearts. You ever hear that? To speak words of encouragement in a person. You ever had that happen to you? Someone comes up to you, and they'll say something, and it goes, boom. It's like someone spoke right into you. God could use you in that way, and that's what Mary received at that time. It's incredible. You know, my wife right now is at a woman's retreat. Uh, There's a woman's retreat. The first group went Wednesday and Thursday night, and the second group is Friday, Saturday night, and I think there's 14 women up there from this church now, and they're coming back this afternoon. My wife was just, she gets nervous at these things. It's a lot of work, getting all the food together, finding a place to have the retreat, you know, transportation, all these different things. And she gets pretty, pretty, pretty edgy. And one of my kids, they my kids know her real well. One of my kids just said, Mom, it's going to be really good. And then she just changed. It just changed her, you know? And that's all it needs sometimes, just to break through and and speak to right where your heart is at that time. Let's look at the husband. Let's look at Joseph. And we're going to switch to a different book. We're going to switch to Matthew. Now, if you've been in the church long enough, you know that Matthew is a Christmas story from a different angle there. Matthew's where they got the, you know, Joseph, you got the Magi and all that. But we're going to look at Joseph this, this older husband of Mary. He was supposed to be quite a bit older. Now, to put it into context, Joseph wasn't a really rich man, but probably he was an older guy who saved his money, and he saved his money knowing that the day would come where he'd be able to offer the, the amount of money needed to have himself a wife. And realize that marriage in that culture was done in two stages. If you wanted to marry somebody, first you had the legal binding stage where you declared husband and wife. You actually declared husband and wife legally. But then after that declaration, you are apart for one year. You live with your family, your, 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 your wife lives with her family for a whole year. Then after that year, they come together to live together as a husband and wife. And that's why, if you read the parable of the, of the, uh, the, uh, the virgins and the oil lamps and all that, that's, that all falls into that cultural wedding situation. Okay? So, anyway, it's during this time, you know, it's during this time of that year apart where, where Joseph notices that Mary's pregnant. I and mean, wouldn't that be a shock? Guys, wouldn't that be a shock? You know, you're 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 already legally married, and you see the profile of your of your bride, and you say, "Whoa, what is that?" You're looking at that, and, and what is that? And and you realize she's expecting. Now, what a disgrace! Think about think about the, the culture then, way back then. You know, a couple thousand years, a uh, couple hundred years, and and uh, and and just the. No, a couple thousand. Excuse me, and you're talk, and you're talking about, you're infa- you're talking about oh, adultery. You're talking about shame on the person, on the family. And Joseph could have made it very ugly and sticky for her, but he was not a vengeful man. He was not a vengeful man. He didn't want a scandal, and so he was going to divorce her quietly. But look at Matthew. Chapter one. Let's look at verse twenty. And 21, just a couple of verses. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people. From their sins. So Joseph, being a man of faith, he received this from the Lord and he took Mary to be his wife. But you know what's so interesting about, interesting about this is that there isn't throughout the whole Bible, the whole New Testament, the whole time when Joseph appears on the scene, the Bible doesn't record a single word that Joseph spoke to God or to Mary. There's not one single word recorded. And I thought about it, and I said, well, maybe that's really how it was. Because let's face it, man, some of you guys don't talk much. Right? You know, I, I fall into that category where a lot of times I, I, I won't sing a lot. Take, for example, got to go to a family thing. I'm going I'm to grumble a little bit. I may make a few little... Not very nice remarks about going. And and I'll just kind of of dig my heels in just slightly, you know. I won't say a whole lot more. But then when it's time to get in the car and go, and when it's time to actually walk through the door and be there, hey, I'm there. And I want to do as much or more than anybody else. And that's how some guys are. It's not to excuse them, because it's not an excuse. It's just the way some guys are wired that way. For they are more action oriented than words. Joseph did not encourage Mary verbally as we understand it, but man, through his actions, to take her as his own. Was just, well, that was just incredible. So, in this kind of slightly Neanderthalish way, you know, men encourage and show love more by action than words. And that's how it is a lot of times. Ladies, so just accept. That were all weird. And, and you just get with your man, and you jump on that donkey, and you go to Bethlehem. Because that's what they did next, right? How the story goes is they have to go to Bethlehem. Both Mary and Joseph are in the line of David, and there was a census taken, and, and Joseph went there to, to, to report in. So let's go on. Let's look at the shepherds of Bethlehem. Let's look at go back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Just keep your finger there. And so, because of this census, Joseph had to go to the town of Bethlehem. And and this is the town of who? David. Bethlehem is the birthplace of King David. And that was so that was God's doing because Joseph and Mary or the family of David, and they had to be. It was it was the ideal setting for the Messiah had to come. Through the family line of King David. Understand that, that the Messiah had to come through that family line. But as we know, Bethlehem being a tiny town, and back in those days, it was only about, it was less than 200 residents, less than 200 residents in this town of Bethlehem, they only had one inn. And what happened when they went to the inn? It was full, right? So here, Joseph and, and Mary, who's just Oh, she knows it's coming. She knows it's coming. She has to go into a stable. She knows it's time. And think of the thoughts that she might have had. Oh, my gosh, is God deserting me? i got to go in the stable and have, why didn't he have a room reserved for me? They go into the stable, and while Mary and Joseph were delivering their firstborn son, during that time, an angel appeared to the shepherds. The timing is just, that's God's doing. While they're giving birth here, out in the hills, this angel appears to the shepherds. And this angel says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. I'm not doing it justice, because we know how beautiful that scene could be. But But the timing of the, here the shepherds are, the announcements to the shepherds, the baby is born. Look what happens. This is how the shepherds react. Look at Luke chapter 2, 16 to 19. Luke chapter 2, 16 to 19. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Realize, this is a a teenage girl, 16, 17 years old. She's just, she's not saying a whole lot. You know, don't you remember that when you were really young? A lot of things happen around you. And even if someone accuses you of doing something that you didn't do, sometimes you don't even say anything because you just don't know what to say. That's how it is sometimes. And this girl just is just taking it all in. Taking it all in. See, ever since the time of that angel's first visit, Mary received words and actions which have affirmed her obedience to God, which have encouraged her to keep moving forward in her obedience to God and strengthened her to do what naturally she may not have been able to do. And you know what? We all need that. We all need that at a different time. And how God plans this, God's strategy is that each believer be that reservoir of faith that overflows into the lives of others. So how do you be that? Very simply, that means we need to be strong in our faith. That means we need to get deeper in our faith. You know, don't, don't keep, your, don't keep your, 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 your spirituality at arm's length. Don't compartmentalize Jesus in your life. We have, to, we have to jump in and really be sold out for the Lord. Because when we do, that's when we're going to be ready to be that reservoir of faith for someone around you because it can come up like that unexpectedly. Those times of crisis, those times of stress, you're sitting and all of a sudden this person reveals something to you that you say, what? And what are you going to say? You know, that's when you want God to take over and you want to have a healthy relationship with him in order to do that. See, God chose Mary, this young teen, not to be worshiped but to be remembered. That when we run that course that God has set before us and we're doing it in obedience to Him, that we never have to run it alone. That's God's way. That we overflow into one another's life. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, look at this life of Mary, this this young girl who was just a, a nobody, really, and you took her and you chose her and you moved her forward and she was encouraged all the way and she became this woman that everyone in the world understands who the mother of Jesus is. Father, we want to be reservoirs of faith. Help us to keep putting it in the water. Help us keep receiving from you Help us, Father, to just live a deeper lives for you so we can be ready to bless this world. In Jesus' name, amen.